also a traditional Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. And agnostic as well as I mean, I've been told I'm not real, so clearly this episode's not Who told real. you you're not real? Um, people on the internet. <laughs> there was a meme that went out and said that atheists don't believe in God, so we shouldn't believe in them. <laughs> right? So this episode's not even real. <laughs> okay, there is a, a linguistic point of view where I can see that what they say could make sense even though it's a faulty perspective <laughs> you know if believing in is trusting if you don't trust god why should i trust you kind of thing though that's not actually socially constructive right <laughs> so if you haven't picked up on it yet we're talking about atheism today yay me <laughs> hi i'm preston and i'm katie <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to the, the holy watermelon, watermelon podcast, podcast. I finally get some representation up in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're talking about atheism and agnosticism, and we've thrown in some other buzzwords, terms, concepts that are often linked with those two. Help fill out this. Help fill out this episode. <laughs> I said before we press record, and I'll say it again now that record has been pressed, is I don't know if I'm excited because representation or concerned that this is going to be a really boring episode because i think i can sum it up in my very first sentence of notes <laughs> go for it atheists don't believe in a higher power no not even satan and no we don't hate god either finn atheism is a slightly stronger position than that though it's the ism of there is no god yeah. Like, it's it's a, a declaration to say I'm an atheist is to deny God. Not just I don't think so. I don't believe that there is. It's there isn't. <laughs> no, I know. Um, but so often the misconceptions, let's just tackle them right now. The misconception is that either we worship Satan. What doesn't make no, any sense. <laughs> we don't believe in Satan, just like God. We do not believe in Satan. If God doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. Or the other is that we hate God. And that, see, former point. <laughs> it's the fan club that's hated. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hate God. We don't believe God exists. So, yeah, now that is clear, that's about, that's atheism. Bye. <laughs> but there's so much more to it. There's a lot of things that fit into this discussion of non-belief. <laughs> it's it's a it's a heavy bag it is um where do we want to start that's a great question i do like we, the stephen roberts quote let's because do it. i think it makes atheism somehow more relatable sure so let's start there so stephen f roberts said I contend that we are both atheists. I just believe in one fewer God than you do. When you understand why you dismiss all the other possible gods, you will understand why I dismiss yours. And lots of other famous atheists talk, speak to that point. Uh, we collectively believe in about 3,000 different gods. Um, so if you follow the Abrahamic religion, you don't believe in 2,999, and I don't believe in 3,000. And that's the difference. So we're both very similar in that regard. Right. As somebody who believes in 
a lot less than 3,000 gods. (laughs) (laughs) It makes this a pretty easy common ground to find. I like it. Like, that's it. What else do you want to fight? What other famous atheists do you have in your sleeve? I mean, my favorite atheist, famous atheist, is Richard Dawkins. He wrote a fantastic book called The God Delusion, which I highly recommend if you're... I'm sure he's written other books, too, but The God Delusion is sort of his, you know, pinnacle. Uh, as well as doing a ton of speaking, and he... I forget what exactly he did for a living. He was like a professor of biology, of science, and so he always spoke to evolution, and then that just turned into him becoming a speaker on... I think probably originally against creationism and then into atheism. So that's how he got uh, the, the natural course of frustration to right. I love that. Uh, yeah. So he, I highly recommend the God delusion. If you are an atheist and have trouble articulating it, if you're thinking about atheism or if you have someone in your life that's atheist and you think they're slaughtering goats every weekend, <laughs> probably just... that's a thing for people who believe in gods. Right. <laughs> We won't do that. We're actually really boring people. You've got a few more of your favorite atheists listed here. What else you got? Oh, Christopher Hitchens is another one. I haven't read a ton of Christopher Hitchens, um, but he and Richard Dawkins would speak all the time. I'm less of a fan of Sam Harris, but he's also the only one left alive. (laughs) The only other atheist left alive. Well, (laughs) one who speaks to a free, and he's written books on it. He wrote a letter to a Christian nation. Uh, He got in the big fight with Ben Affleck on Islam. Oh, yeah. Quite famously. Apparently, he's turned into quite the far-right extremist, though. So, Hmm. yeah. Wait, Uh, a far-right extremist that isn't a Christian? I know. That's what I said to Brian. (laughs) Because Brian said, you know, he's, like, gone off the deep end. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, but he's an atheist. (laughs) Not, And we'll get into this. Not that there aren't militant or extreme atheists, but... Anyway, um, other famous ones, I mean, it's not really their realm, but um, Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. is a very, uh, he's quite open about being an atheist. And is it Penn, the tall one of the magicians of Penn and Penn Teller? Penn and Teller, yeah. The one that actually Pendulette's talks. the tall yeah, one. Yeah, Penn talks a lot of, as well about atheism. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're great to, you know, search on YouTube and watch some of their debates and arguments. So. I think those are the ones off the top of my head that I gravitate towards. Yeah. It's a a pretty good crew. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you think we're all devil worshippers. See, that just doesn't make sense. (laughs) That's an entirely different topic. Yeah. Richard Dawkins has used the example of authorism. Which like is it. kind of a parody religion, but it's basically like not believing in Thor, right? To explain the concept of atheism. So do you believe Thor is real? Most people don't. I'm sure there are some neo-Norse. Well, and you got a handful of people that are willing to accept that Thor may have been a historically real person like the historic Jesus. Absolutely. But to be <laughs> up there in the clouds... That's an entirely different matter. An entirely different matter. So he uses authorism to mm-hmm. basically describe atheism. Oh, you don't believe Thor's in the clouds with his hammer? Oh, okay. 
cool. Neither do we. <laughs> he's also, um, we talked last last episode about Russell's teapot. He uses the Russell's teapot example a lot as uh, you can't disprove that there isn't a teapot floating around space. So ergo, there must be a teapot. <laughs> yeah, those are some famous atheists. There's a, a handful of atheist organizations that have popped up over the years as well for probably not all the same reason. I think there's probably a, some diversity in the reason there. Um, you've got groups that feel like there's oppression against atheists. Uh, if you're familiar with American politics at all, you will definitely have heard that it's not okay to have a non-Christian in the White House. Oh my goodness, can I pop in with this stat? I was going to save it, but you've... Go for it. Set it up so nicely. So in A God Delusion, and I wasn't going to dig through the book to find it, but it is in The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. There was a study done, and they polled people on who... or like how much they would trust someone in a political position if they were basically anything other than a white man, heterosexual man. So they like, you know, what's, how much would you trust someone if they were a black man? And so uh, a little less than a white man, how much would you trust them if they were a Muslim? Okay. Well, a little less than that. And then how much would you trust them if they are a white woman? Well, a little less than that. (laughs) And it would go and go and go. And the lowest like trust was atheist. So they would trust. And I mean, None of these are problems, but when you think of who They're historically... All no, no, I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Right. But when you think of how intolerant people can be, the fact that you can be a gay Muslim woman and you're trusted more in power than someone who just doesn't believe in God, yeah, it's, it was, like, mind-blowing that I didn't realize that... It was still such an issue. Um, and again, not that there's anything wrong with being a gay Muslim woman, but, you know, we see it prevalent Islamophobia and homophobia and sexism mm-hmm. constantly. Um, so you think people would, you know, statistically have a problem with those more than an atheist when I think, I don't know what stats are for number of atheists in the world, but I think it's quite predominant. That's crazy to me that people just, like, lose trust because someone doesn't believe in a deity. Oh, yeah. Um, Employers are forbidden from asking you your religion. But there's an awful lot of people who just know in their community it's a lot better if you put it on your resume because then you'll get the job over somebody who doesn't. Yeah. And so some of these atheist collective groups that are organized are actively fighting this discrimination. Yeah, I think it was The God Delusion as well. Talked about, or maybe it was just an interview with Richard Dawkins, but they're talking about how he's like 95% sure that Barack Obama is an atheist, but he had to put on the Christian front to get elected. And like, I mean, the way Donald Trump behaved, I don't actually... (laughs) Shit, shit, if he's a Christian, he's a terrible Christian. Um, If he was genuinely a Christian, remember when he actually had the military and armed forces come and uh, tear gas punch people so he could take a picture in front of a church. Yeah. A church in which he had never set foot, according to the priest that worked <laughs> there. If he was a Christian, 
I think he would have taken a picture in front of the church he attends. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, and I think that's a problem to pretend to be religious for political gain. Um, right. Which I actually have a great example of that, but we'll, uh, <laughs> I'll loop back to that. I mean, honestly, it's the atheists who are, like, trying to take God out of school, for sure. And Yeah, people like to blame that on the influx of foreigners in the country. My no, mom it's did, the atheists. My mom did that once. And I literally <laughs> called her out. She was like, it's these people coming to our country. And I was like, Mom, they all believe in God. It's the atheists. It's me. <laughs> it's the atheists trying to take it out. Um Yes, yeah, so uh, there was, uh, I never actually watched it. There was a documentary on Netflix about a lady who was, like, at the forefront of taking the Lord's Prayer out of schools. Mm -hmm. like, just the death threats that she gets and... People yeah. issue death threats over the dumbest things. But if there isn't gone in schools, Preston, then we'll be <laughs> slaughtering lambs. <laughs> I don't know what people... What do you... If you... Have a problem with atheists? Can you please email me and tell me what you think we do with our free time? I'm just really curious. No, truly, I'm like, I eat potato chips and. If you're worried about your children not receiving a religious education in school, remember that as a parent, it's your job to teach your children anything that they're not learning somewhere else. That's a great parenting tip, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, so atheists kind of sort of organized like Preston said there are groups with a goal um, generally uh, making things more secular and removing religion from them so they're more accessible to I'd argue all religions yeah right when you take the Christian Lord's prayer out of school it's more accessible to people of other religions and atheists and agnostics yeah and then there's I mean there's your online atheists and keyboard warriors i'm not going to pretend like there aren't extreme atheists and i know people have a problem with them but there's extreme christians and extreme muslims and extreme feminists and whatever i don't know if there's an idea out there that somebody hasn't taken to the extreme <laughs> like there are people fighting over which is the best my little pony character the everything somebody's taken to the extreme <laughs> And, but I would say, um, my note is that I, Katie, so this is what the note says, think that the majority of atheists just kind of chill on their own with no formal organization. We just exist. Like I said, we're kind of boring. <laughs> I don't think you're boring. Thank you. There's a reason that we're able to do this show together. Mm, you're the best. Ah. <laughs> uh. How about you tell me why you believers are so antagonistic towards us? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing you under the bus there, but I also, it's right. also in our notes. <laughs> it's for some Christians, they feel that they are under attack from atheists. I think an awful lot of Christians realize that they're not personally being attacked, but an awful lot do. And Richard Dawkins is kind of one of the more aggressive voices out there, too. And being a public figure, it's easy to recognize. And it's weird that atheists, especially the non-aggressive ones, who are the majority, typically, <laughs> just have a simple request. Evidence. <laughs> 
Yes, like we talked about in parody religions, the burden of proof is on the believer. Right. And the lack of compelling evidence makes it hard to adopt a new belief. And the vast majority of Christians have gone into this conversation without providing any compelling evidence to their audience, which is super frustrating. And it's more frustrating when the average believer has found enough evidence to satisfy their own demands uh-huh. for evidence, and yet those little pieces of evidence aren't enough for the people they're talking to. Uh-huh. That can be very frustrating until you recognize the nature of your evidence and realize that it's not really usually something that's easy to share in a way that is going to compel anybody else. As well, we talked about, um, you know, the, the deal of witnesses and perspective, about perception being reality in our previous episodes, it's... You can't force somebody else to believe when your evidence is not meeting the standards of your audience. Yeah. Yeah, and and, I mean, we spent a whole episode on this, but and then how people process information. Right. Right. So even if you have evidence that would stack up and I mean, we see this now with fake news and and not fake news that people are either believing things that aren't real or or not believing things that are real. So even if evidence does stack up, you still can't force someone to believe because of how, because of their own biases and how they process information. Exactly. If new information is at odds with something that you refuse to let go of, then you're definitely not going to accept this new information. And that's, more commonly a problem among believers <laughs> than non-believers. Uh. I really like, so um, Nietzsche is a, a famous atheist. He's like the, uh, well, he's like the OG atheist, but not really. They credit like atheist philosophy to him. He's a Obviously. pretty great voice in the, the early discussions of, hey, no, there is no God. <laughs> And one of his great quotes that so many people love to, to just quote the first three words of a much longer, fully excellent quote. God is dead. <laughs> God is dead. And people like to stop there. The rest of the quote is solid gold. Okay. And Are I'm going to read, read it for you. Now that the atheist in me as well. <laughs> Say dead. No, I'm kidding. God is dead. God remains dead. And we have killed him. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What was holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned and has bled to death under our knives? Who will wipe this blood off us? What water is there for us to clean ourselves? What festivals of atonement, what sacred games shall we have to invent? Is not the greatness of this deed too great for us? Must we ourselves not become gods simply to appear worthy of it? This guy was a great writer. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, wow. One ring to rule them all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so he used this phrase to express his idea that the Enlightenment had eliminated the possibility of the existence of God. Um, how he got there is rather complicated and 
I don't feel like the Enlightenment does eliminate the possibility of the existence of God, but obviously people disagree with me, and that's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, you wouldn't. <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> but what's really interesting is that in this position that he holds, uh, the burden then falls on atheists to deal with the mystery of teaching morality in a vast wasteland of subjectivity and relativity. It's a spectrum now, <laughs> and we have to figure out how we can proceed in this world. Things were a little simpler when we had a God to say what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> that the whole of society agreed upon, and now that's not our reality. Even without atheism, though, that's our reality with yep. the hundreds of thousands of denominations of Christianity. Right. Right. I mean, within Christianity, some denominations say it's fine to be gay. Some say it's not fine to be gay. Some say sex before marriage is fine. Some say sex before marriage is the worst thing you could possibly do. And those are all moral questions. Yeah. So I think this kind of comes back to our one of our very early episodes on where morality comes from and, and what is, I think it was our what is religion episode. And, you know, I don't think our morals come from modern religions. And I somewhat disagree. <laughs> See, well, morality isn't one monolithic thing. Morality itself is a spectrum. That's true. What even the, the average Christian would be, considered quite immoral to somebody who holds you know themselves to the old mosaic law where eating shrimp is a thing you shouldn't do yeah <laughs> so it's it's a spectrum and <laughs> there's differing standards in different groups <laughs> right but then ergo it can't come from religion alone maybe that's what i'll concede comes from people yeah and feelings for sure because people have feelings <laughs> yes we are emotional beings kind of an awful lot anything anything else you want to ask me as our resident atheist like you said we're pretty boring i think we just don't believe i mean it is it's that simple it's how much further can you dive into a shallow pool <laughs> wow what are you saying about me no, no. There, there's more to you than atheism. Oh, okay, but atheism itself is a shallow pool. <laughs> yeah, so if you're ever thinking we're Satan worshippers, just remember all the theisms. Monotheism, one. Polytheism, many. Pan, everything. A, none. Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. Satanism is what you're looking for. <laughs> we'll talk about that another day. Yes. <laughs> so adjacent to atheism... We have agnosticism. So where atheism literally means no God-ism, agnosticism is don't know-ism. <laughs> literally. I, I'm kind of, I wrote that this is kind of a cop-out. But, I've but also, it's a genuine position that a lot of people No, I know, and I've hold. had my agnostic moments, too. Mm -hmm. So basically, agnostic is the idea that we can't know if there's a God or not. Fair. And Preston made the note. Did, or did I make the note? How can we know if anything is real or not? <laughs> right. It's it's more that if there is a God, we can't comprehend it. And I've made 
claims to that. I generally think there isn't. But if there is, it's something so beyond. It's more complex than the way people present it. Oh, absolutely. It's not anything that we have. The vast majority of theists tend to agree with you as well. (laughs) Especially um, in the Catholic, Catholic dogma. It's God is unknowable. We have little snippets here and there, but you're straight up not even supposed to try for most people, <laughs> which yeah. is also a position that I don't love. <laughs> no, because then what's the point? Right. Right. And that's kind of why I, I tend towards atheism, because if it's so profound, we can't comprehend it, then it then goes don't. back to why are we following these rules? Right. Because we could be 100% wrong on these rules if we can't comprehend a higher power. So anyway, I digress in, in that. But but yeah, basically, the idea is typically for most agnostics, the human brain can't comprehend God. And that's we don't know what's going on. Usually agnostics are people who are, are willing to believe generally <laughs> in some greater creative force, but are hesitant to believe in specific truth claims. Especially the more specific you get, the more questionable they can be. And thanks to what we've learned in science, you can make some pretty specific claims that can outright be disproven. Now, are these the people who say they're spiritual but not religious? I think some people who say that they're spiritual but not religious definitely fall into this category. It's the easiest (laughs) cop-out. I mean, I think this kind of comes, I've said it before. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I've said it before, I don't think you should be moderate in your beliefs. So if you're going, well, we can't know either way, like, have you actually thought about it? And I'm not saying you still won't come to the conclusion of agnosticism, but that's always my first question. So have you actually sat down and really rumbled with the possibility one way or the other? Well, and there's the struggle of you can, through your own meditation, come to accept the idea that, yeah, there's a God and still be bombarded with all of these different voices saying, this is God, or this is God, or that's God, and not be able to determine where to go from there. Absolutely. And And I think, I mean, most people avoid that. Yeah. Most people don't know anything about a religion other than their own. That's true. Because there's a lot. And I, I would be curious what the average, whatever, not whatever, just the average believer, I'm not saying any one in particular, what their thoughts would be exploring other religions genuinely. I mean, I know you've done it, but you've always had an interest in it. But like just some random Joe off the street handing him a book on Sikhism and see what that does for an awakening, an enlightenment, <laughs> right? Because this goes back to authorism. If you can read up on Sikhism and go, this is weird. Why would anyone believe this? Now, I think that's something to reflect on. Okay, well, is what I think weird? Right. A lot of people have much more difficulty examining their own beliefs than others. Oh, absolutely. Because I believe it because it's true, which is, of course, an argument that gets nobody anywhere at all. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Show me the teapot. Right. Take a lot of looking because we don't know where it is. It's somewhere. It's out there, though. Between Earth and Mars, I think, is where Russell said it was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's orbiting, so. Yeah, it's orbiting the sun somewhere between Earth and Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an awful lot of space. 
We'll find it one day. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically it for atheism. <laughs> so I was like, I feel like this is going to be a boring episode. Um, but I feel like we're making it not boring and we're definitely informative. For sure. And now that everyone knows I don't slaughter goats in my free time, they can breathe a sigh of relief. I wanted to throw two other terms in in particular. So we're going to chat about secularism and humanism. And I'm mentioning both now because often people who are essentially atheists identify themselves as secular humanists. And so we're going to dive into those terms. And I think part of that is because of all the nasty connotations that come with atheism is to rename yourself something a little a little nicer. Make it sound like you have an ism that isn't a negative. Right. Uh, but Preston and I were talking about this. And I think you need to just own your label, whatever it is, because then it just leaves room for the bad. Sure. Right. We were talking about this. Um, I know someone who calls himself a Christ follower instead of a Christian because of all the, the baggage that now comes with Christianity. But I don't think that helps Christianity. No, it doesn't. Or the <laughs> same thing. We use the example of, this is, you know, when we were snacking before the episode, of um, people who say they believe in equality but aren't feminists. Well, <laughs> it, that doesn't help the cause of feminism. In that, it's been historically that women have been at a disadvantage. So to just be like, oh, equality, this brushes the idea that women have been historically disadvantaged under the rug. So, But uh, there's, there's a good reason for both of these people, even if they're not really on board with critical thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and I, I get it because there are garbage feminists, but you can't oh, just yeah. like, and there's garbage atheists. And garbage Christians. Oh, are we going to address Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Cool. So one of everyone's like favorite argument against atheism is that Hitler was an atheist, which is like actually debatable. Mm-hmm. He was extremely superstitious and believed a lot of things. Yes. And he was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I'm just bringing... <laughs> he was raised Catholic. And one of the arguments... I sort of thought, saw where it was like, it doesn't matter if he's an atheist, is that he used his Christianity to gain power. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to, was Obama actually Christian? Was Donald Trump actually Christian? If you're using religion to gain power, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist because you're you're using religion to be a bad person. Right. <laughs> in the case of Hitler. So that's just for everyone who's going to be like, sending us messages, messages that says that Hitler was an atheist. I'm really uncomfortable with the parallels between Trump and Hitler. Yeah, that's a different episode. Um, I'm so glad that he's not president. I don't have strong positive feelings for Biden, but they're not the strong negative feelings I had for Trump. Yeah, so there's the Hitler. (laughs) The Hitler atheist debate that we so frequently hear. Anyway, back to secularism. So secularism, we most commonly hear it as the idea of the separation of church and state. So you're living in a secular country. It means removing religion from decision-making is sort of more specifically what the term means. Which is intensely difficult to do when you have an awful lot of Christians in your government. Well, that was one of my (laughs) points is that 
while the United States and even Canada says that they're secular countries, because there are so many religious people in power, um, there's absolutely religious influence in decision-making. Uh, most, I'd say probably most prominently is abortion laws. Mm-hmm. Is it, If it were a secular issue, it would be legal. And then if you're religious and that's against your religion, then you just don't get an abortion. Which it, And it should be that simple. <laughs> um, and same with gay marriage, right? Uh, if you don't believe in gay marriage, don't get don't, gay married. Don't marry someone <laughs> of the same gender. Um, so that would be... An example of removing religious decision-making from... We have an awful lot of public servants all around the world. Not in any one specific country, though there's... You're guaranteed to find some specific examples if you look around yourself. That an awful lot of public servants feel that they're not actually meant to serve the public. They're only there to serve their friends. And that's not okay. Yes. yes you are correct yeah i don't know how you fix that it's just holding your people in public office accountable yeah but thanks to the fact that they write the laws but they always want to get hired again remember that they do which is why they do just enough nice things right before they call an election (laughs) which is why we need to hold them accountable throughout their term which i mean even i'm not great at and i should be better at but so you can be, I mean, generally, you're not religious if you're a secularist, but you can absolutely be religious and be a secularist. It's, again, the idea that you remove religion from decision-making so you can advocate for public decision-making. Obviously, if you're religious, you'd probably make your private decisions based off of religion, but you can advocate for um, secularism in public spaces. Absolutely. Um, one of the most important teachings of Jesus, according to Jesus himself, is the need to take care of your neighbors. Regardless of any reason why you might not want to, you have to take care of your neighbors. That's a pretty good reason to be a secularist. Recognize that you have neighbors that don't believe the same things you do and that you still need to take care of their needs. Yes, and and I guess to expand on that, that um, people wouldn't be lacking because of their religious beliefs so mm-hmm. same thing we, we think of it in public spheres but you know because you're a different religion you still have access to the same health care and education and opportunities that someone maybe of the mainstream faith has it doesn't matter regardless of your religion you still have the same job opportunities whatever you don't need to be fearing for your life <laughs> right or livelihood because you are of a particular faith yeah so i are talking about the U.S. and Canada not being as secular as they claim. And I made a note that says, so anyone complaining about Sharia law, you better look in the mirror. <laughs> For sure. We have religious laws in pretty much every English-speaking country. I can't speak for the others, but I bet you they're there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I know Russia and China have had, like, militant atheist (laughs) political programs, which are not good. And yet they both still discriminate against homosexuals. Right. Which most people like to mostly blame on Christianity. Right. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. I know the Scandinavian countries are predominantly atheist, but I don't know what their political decision-making is like to comment particularly. But, yeah, you're right. Any... 
any of these Western countries, for sure, Western Hemisphere countries, mm-hmm. definitely have religious influence in their public decision-making. For sure. I think secularism as an idea is kind of interesting that in it's, it's a Western idea. It's mm-hmm. like religion, which the word exists as a Western idea, as something that's separate from the mundane. Yeah. Um, we talked about in Shintoism how the state of Japan made Buddhism the state religion, even though everybody was a Shintoist, because they didn't see they Shinto see as Shinto. a religion. Yeah. Meaning that there was no secularism because they didn't distinguish between the two. Yeah, because it was so ingrained. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's because we're younger countries. Maybe. Right, because we had our indigenous peoples here, and then we were And we have more diversity by, of belief. That, that's what I mean, but I yeah. think that be, is because we're younger countries, and yeah. we were colonized and, you know, basically populated through immigration. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if you look at, you know, I think like Iceland in particular, where everyone's still blonde and blue-eyed because they haven't had those levels of immigration, and it's such an ancient country, mm-hmm. you wouldn't... Or Japan too, right? Well, you wouldn't necessarily... That's why people in Iceland still believe in elves because they haven't had the same outside influences as, again, Canada and the United States, which were built entirely on outside influences. Probably, I, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it's really nifty that you, you picked Iceland as your example, that, that they have changed so little that when they first were colonized, Norse and Icelandic were the same language. Uh-huh. And the people of Norway continued to evolve, and their language continued <laughs> to evolve to the point that they're not the same language, but there's some mutual intelligibility there. But the Icelandic language of today is, is the Norse. same as Norse was a thousand and a half That's years crazy. ago. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Someone was, I was, a lady from Iceland was telling me that how they name themselves mm-hmm. is that you. You take, like, so you take your, if you're a boy, you take your dad's first name as your last name. Mm-hmm. And if you're a girl, you take your mom's first name as your last name. So no one has the same last name in a family. But because she grew up in Canada, she has her dad's, it's like her grandpa's first name as her last name because we go, we're patriarchal in how we name. So. She's moved since moved back to Iceland, and everyone's like, "Why is this your name?" <laughs> it's that doesn't make any sense because it's son of. She her name is son of when it should be daughter of. It's anyway. Fun fact. Yeah, that's that's weird, and that's a easy enough fix. I don't know of any courts that straight up won't allow you to change your name. No, but she was born <laughs> and raised in Canada and intends to come back to Canada. It's just a funny cultural. It's weird that her parents didn't just stick with. The former nomenclature, because you can write whatever you want on the birth certificate oh, never or when you, kid, or so when you register know. a kid. Well, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> Odd and interesting things. And so these secularists that we have here in the West are trying to, I want to say split, but I want you to understand that I'm not trying to say break. <laughs> 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 there, ne- there needs to be a division between religious life and secular life. There needs to be a lack of specific religious doctrine in government. 
when we have such a diverse plurality of people here? I think part of the problem, and this is just off the top of my head, is that we also live in such an individualistic society. We really do. The U.S. is even worse than Canada, but yes. <laughs> where we put the individual ahead of the group. So it's really hard to think of, or this is maybe where secularism is kind of scary, because we want what's best for us and not what's best for everyone, when secularism absolutely is best for everyone because it encompasses nothing. And therefore, <laughs> <laughs> therefore everyone can take part, whereas to encompass everything it would be very difficult and to encompass one or two is unfair. It's so weird to me how many people are opposed to the idea of not having dogma forced down their throats. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, it's because the people who, they would be the ones doing the forcing. And that is the goal that people who seek out power are the people that you don't want to have power. <laughs> right, or the people who are like, okay, with dogma being forced down their throats because it's their dogma. It's and they want to force it on this someone else. This is where else. we come back to my Sharia law comment. Is like, well, you know, any, you see it, anyone go on Facebook and someone be like, well, we don't want Sharia law. And it's like, well, we have pretty, you know, Christian law here. Yep. So what's wrong with Sharia law? Right. A, you don't understand Sharia law. And B, Fact. <laughs> and B, how is it so different than what we have now? Right. So, uh, because it's not their their version being shoved down the throats. They want their version. Mm-hmm. And so it's someone else's version. Instead of having no version, which is secularism. I hope that was a great explanation <laughs> slash analogy. So, George Holyoke, the guy who coined the word secularism back in 1851, argued that Secularism is not an argument against Christianity. It is one independent of it. It does not question the pretensions of Christianity. It advances others. Secularism does not say there is no light or guidance elsewhere, but maintains that there is light and guidance in secular truth, whose conditions and sanctions exist independently and act forever. Secular knowledge is manifestly that kind of knowledge which is founded in this life, which relates to the conduct of this life, conduces to the welfare of this life, and is capable of being tested by the experience of this life. I like that. <laughs> Do you want to unpack it a bit? I mean, it's, it's a lot of things, but basically it's, to simplify it it's we worry about the things that we can see in this life to govern this life that it's not okay to govern somebody else based on something that they don't believe in yeah and that can also get a little bit complicated if you are trying to convince somebody that murder is bad if they don't believe in bad but (laughs) I think most people can understand that there is desirable and undesirable, even if there's different standards on that. Or a spectrum of standards. Absolutely. (laughs) Take a shot every time we say the word spectrum. (laughs) It's a spectrum. (laughs) Uh, So, of course, there's, like we said before, there's extremes and everything. You have hard secularists and soft secularists. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> right? And so these two categories are 
actually more similar than they are different. Hard secularism considers religious propositions to be epistemologically illegitimate. They seek to deny them as much as possible. Whereas soft secularism is really simple, just all about tolerance and liberalism. Which isn't the big L, these are the liberals. Libtards! (laughs) It's little L liberalism of... We should be free to make our There's choices. There's some give and take here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So often, secularism is paired with humanism. And like you said, people identify themselves as secular humanists. Or you can just be a humanist. And I know humanist chaplains exist. Um, so there is some organization under humanism. But again, it's not... I guess, it, I mean, anything could be a religion, but there's no deity in humanism. That depends on how you define deity. Oh. See our former episodes. <laughs> <laughs> humanism is a philosophical term that focuses on human agency and intelligence as the best way to progress. So it's a human first philosophy. Again, religion, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. it's... It's been, the word humanism has been used in a few different ways by a few different groups over the years, but generally, each of the different movements agree on the importance of affirming human freedom and progress. Humanism goes... You can do it. (laughs) No, there's just so much happening right now. Humanism actually goes as far back as the 1500s, and by 1500s, I mean 1500 BCE. Um, it's thousands of years thousands old. Thousands of years not old. Not just hundreds. Um, talking about humanism. And so Confucianism is one that is kind of a humanist philosophy. For sure. Puts Confucius at the center of it. And then even the Rig Veda talks about humans and human agency and things like that. So it's a very old term, but it has become, I would definitely say, more popular um, as we try to navigate this atheistic spectrum and of course the because of these ideas the burden of human improvement falls on us individually and societally so that we can rely on each other and science and not on excuses of oh god isn't helping us right yeah i think that's really important i even see things and i'd be curious your thoughts on um, you know, when people say, well, prayer doesn't work unless you do. And I'm like, so then prayer doesn't work <laughs> if you just do the work. Then why do you need prayer? So, I mean. There's, do you want an answer to this question? <laughs> is, it a, is, is it for this episode? I, I don't we... think it fits into this episode. Okay. <laughs> but that's one thing I've, you know, seen where, you know, it's great to pray, but you need to do the work. It's like, well, then just do the work. Absolutely. Well, even even in the Bible, it, we are told, yeah, go and pray and then get up and work. <laughs> so then in my world, prayer just looks superfluous. Sure. I'm okay with you currently holding that position. <laughs> oh, currently. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because uh- <laughs> I might have an explanation for you on another day Ooh, that maybe our next finds episode. utility in prayer, whether or not it actually does the trick. Interesting. Oh, now we're going to do our episode on prayer. 
another important note, and I think this is secular humanism in particular, rejects anything supernatural. So not just religion, but also pseudosciences, anything metaphysical. Um, I have any type of woo-woo here. (laughs) So I could easily identify as a secular humanist in addition to an atheist. For sure. I actually would separate those. I would say I'm an atheist and a secular humanist, personally. But like I said, some people pick one or the other. But I like that. It's it's definitely more all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. I think so. You have a note about oh, yeah, theistic just, humanists. Yes, there are theistic humanists. There's been plenty of philosophers, especially through the Enlightenment, who kind of made the idea popular again, I guess. And there was one fella, and we'll talk more about him later. His name is Thomas More. He was sainted by the Catholic Church. Is he was knighted in England. See, one of these saints you think shouldn't be a saint? I, there is no reason in my mind that he should ever have been sainted. But here we are. Here we are. He was an English fella, and he was a Catholic in a time where it was not so great to be Catholic by the end of his life anyway. Um, he made it his life's mission to prevent the publication of the Bible. He was a Catholic who was sainted. He prevented the publication of the Bible to the point of burning people's lives and livelihoods. But he was also a humanist. <laughs> Uh, or, or I don't so think he his knows li- what any of these words mean. <laughs> his literature affirms a humanist philosophy. Of course, if you were on the the opposite side of him in literally any battlefield, <laughs> you were going to have a bad day. <laughs> Luckily, uh, more modern humanists don't follow his example. <laughs> of, of any, any humus, theistic or otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> but he's my favorite to bring up as a, a famous theistic humanist. Because he's garbage? Because he's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best humanists are definitely secular and typically non-theistic or atheistic. Thank you? Like, is that a compliment <laughs> or like the best at being a humanist? The best at being humanist. Oh, okay. I just thought you meant like the best people are. Shaking humanist, <laughs> I was like, thank you. And there's also, following that line of religious humanists, there are people who treat humanism as their religion. Like oh, you had mentioned humanist chaplains, yeah. where it's, you have a ministry, this is your life kind of thing. I mentioned um, why I left, why I stayed in our epistemology mm-hmm episode which i think was two or three episodes ago now and the the son that left he became a human humanist chaplain um because he liked the i guess like the camaraderie and community that religion gives without having a god to believe in or or a theology to, t- a theology to, to attend to or um and just something that could be more open to more people and i don't think he would have turned away anyone who was religious it just wasn't focused on a deity or a theology like you said um, but more on community and volunteerism and yeah, so. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of humanist groups and there's even an international humanist and ethical union that 
kind of ties a lot of these groups together for larger meetings and conferences and whatnot. And they have uh, an official statement on how humanism is defined that says, humanism is a democratic and ethical life stance which affirms that human beings have the right and responsibility to give meaning and shape to their own lives. It stands for the building of a more humane society through an ethic based on human and other natural values. In the spirit of reason and free inquiry through human capabilities, it is not theistic and it does not accept supernatural views of reality. You did, I did it. <laughs> I would say you're probably a theistic humanist. You don't quite yeah. fall into that definition because of your religious beliefs, but I think you're definitely on the let's make a humane world and build ethics that are encompassing to all people. I would call you a secular Christian humanist. I'm pretty comfortable with that. Nice. <laughs> High five. Yeah. <laughs> Humanism is, it's a weird thing to see somebody speak out against. I haven't seen it yet, but I suspect that as I continue looking through the world, I might. I don't know if anyone would speak out against it, but I definitely think there are people who aren't humanists. Oh, because absolutely. Because it's people who, yeah, I don't think anyone would be like, I disagree with that, but there's people who think, well, God, God will provide, right? Mm -hmm. And that would be against, that would be not a humanist perspective. But right. I can't see anyone be like, you're a humanist, you must be evil. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely people who don't prescribe to it because of their faith. or. See, the reason I expect to hear somebody revile humanism is there's a handful of spots in the Bible where it says, don't trust in the arm of flesh, only trust in God. And so the people who prefer to quote that over the more helpful parts of the Bible are more <laughs> likely to be anti-humanist. Yeah. And I mean, if you're one of those people who also believe that this is the hell, this is the worst and everything after will be better. They'll probably be pretty opposed to this movement as yeah, well. So in theory. Again, I haven't actually found anybody to revile humanism yet, but... If you are, please send us an email. <laughs> Any final thoughts on all this non-belief? It ties in with our previous episode on epistemology a few... Well, several episodes ago now, I guess, that belief is kind of a complex thing. And if you want to hate somebody for not believing in a thing that you failed to provide evidence for, that's on you. <laughs> I would also add, and when you don't believe in, here's a grocery list of religions and deities. Yeah, for so for someone for not believing in yours, that's, that's not very nice. You have to acknowledge the validity of their position. Right. There's loads of atheists who kind of suck but there's an awful lot more atheists that are perfectly fine people as good as any christian or buddhist or muslim or jew i also don't think people especially if you're on the other side and a believer i also don't think again just thinking to like my social media world people don't realize how many atheists are in their world right because an awful lot of people just don't just, talk about religion which makes it hard to tell and i think people often assume that 
again, especially, I hate to say it, but, you know, the average Canadian white person, oh, they're probably Christian, right? So instead of going, well, maybe they don't believe or maybe they believe in something entirely different, I think people just sort of project their beliefs on people that look look like them specifically. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so when I've seen the odd anti-atheist comment on my Facebook feed, I'm like, do you not realize that there's a lot of us? <laughs> <laughs> right. And we're like your friends and neighbors. I have enough differences with people in my own religious community that... I certainly can't go around out in public and imagine that everyone thinks the same as I do. <laughs> cool. Well, I just want to reiterate that we don't believe in Satan and we don't hate God because there is no God <laughs> <laughs> or Satan. Um, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Ooh, we have, we have to ship things. Ship? promote we definitely have to promote check out our facebook our instagram <laughs> feel free to email us what's our email address katie holy watermelon pot at gmail.com and on our social media you can find links to our discord server where we try to have great conversations and i think that's about it I right now that's it. yeah social media oh leave us a review on on uh, apple Podcasts. that'd be really great Thank you so much for joining us. Peace, Peace be, be with, with you. By the late Middle Ages, the Christian prophecy had fulfilled itself.